Hi, everyone. Welcome to Snarky with Mike Feeney. I'm your host, Wayne Brady. Why am I Wayne Brady? Because I got nothing. So we're going to play a little game of whose line is it anyway and try and figure out how we make this a whole goddamn hour. Thank you for being here. Uh, we're back in studio with Nicole. Nicole's on the ones and twos. How you feeling, Nicole? Feeling good. I'm ready to see how this all turns out. Me as well. And uh, this is how I know just from the jump that we're like, who knows how this is going to go. We have, uh, I've made up a drink for this one because I was like, we can't just have, oh no, I just spilled some of it. Uh, we can't just have, a part of me wanted to suck the drink from the table. You ever do that in college? You spill a little bit and you go, no, and try and suck it up from there. Those people all have died of HPV. So I uh, I made up this drink, which we'll see how it goes. I think it's pretty delicious. It's, it's kind of, it looks like the classic margarita, but alas, it is not. What we have for you today is uh, Jamaican dark rum, Appleton Estate. We got Cocoa Mania uh, coconut rum. We got lime juice. We got agave nectar. We got, uh, what else did I put in it? Oh, a little bit of that lime, Tropicana, coconut combination mixture combo. And the result is a very delicious, very refreshing, very tropical uh, sort of drink. Nicole, what do you think? It's great. I also think we should take a second to visit what we were going to drink before this. Yes, we were going to drink borderline month old Coquito. <laughs> Because Nicole wasn't here when Erica made the batches of Coquito, and Erica was like, I'll leave some Coquito before we go down to Virginia. I'll leave some here for us so that we can have some when we come back. And then we promptly left after to go and do Mohegan Sun, and then I immediately caught COVID. So I haven't, we haven't drank any of it, and then I found this whole thing, and I was like, oh my God, it still smells good, it smells fine. And Nicole was very hesitant, uh, rightfully so, I suppose, and now we pivoted. So instead of drinking month-old milk drinks, we are drinking a nice, delicious little sort of rum thing. And I got to be honest, this might be in the rotation. I like. I don't know how you feel. I feel bad. I never feel like you will tell me the truth about what you feel about the drinks before I make them. And I, and I feel like that's a testament to both your open-mindedness and your uh, anxiety. Yeah, 100%. For sure. I was also concerned when you wanted to drink the Coquito that you said you wanted something to perk you up. And that's like the heaviest drink of all time. But there's like sugar. In, you know what I mean? It's like it's like having a milkshake. It's like either sweet, you're going to get high and you're going to get low. And then, you know, the audience will have to suffer the consequences of that, <laughs> I guess. I don't know. It's fucking uh, it is what it is. So, again, we're going to be flying by the seat of our pants here. I, I have very few things to talk about. Um, but I do have some sort of like nostalgic things. And I would love for Nicole, Nicole, think about some quirky things that you had at your house growing up. Just kind of chew on that. And I'll get into mine and maybe it'll jar something for you. Because I just thought about some of the things that we did and had as kids. And it's, it's so bizarre to me. Like, for instance, we lined our like driveway like a little moat both sides of our driveway and we surrounded our above ground pool with tiny bright white decorative rocks like we had rocks across the like the driveway was paved and then on both sides were like these rock moats and then around the pool were these rock things like i say decorative they were just rocks but in a formation you know what i mean and here's the thing I don't know why we did that. Like, first off, rocks can never be cleaned. You know what I mean? Like, you're not power washing all those hundreds and hundreds of rocks. Not when they're that small. And, you, you know, you can't power wash them. And they're laying in dirt. You know what I mean? They're laying in the dirt. So when it rains, the mud comes up. And then when the mud goes back down, they're a little bit stained. Like, they're never going to look as nice. And then, obviously, you know, I think it's maybe one of the worst exterior decorating decisions of the 20th century when we decided as a society we should do little rocks all around the place as, like, a good look. Because I used to accidentally run over them with a lawnmower because they wouldn't stay all in the perfect place they were supposed to be. Someone steps on them, a couple few go into the grass, then you go to mow the lawn. And I don't know if you've ever had 20 jagged rocks get launched at warp speed into your shin a half a foot away. But uh, it is, I still have dents. I still have dents in my shin bone 
from them. And uh, my dad would just, this is the best part. I would run over a rock. It would slam into me. I would lay on the ground in fetal position, rocking back and forth uh, in pure agony. And my dad would just yell out, don't run over the rocks. You're going to chip the blade. You know, he would just immediately think he worried about the lawnmower blade and its integrity. If I was running over rocks, which by the way, who's running over rocks on purpose? Nobody, you know, so good to know. It's like, I'll check on the blade and then I'll, you know, once I stop bleeding out and then I'll figure it out. And then even once you get out of the pool, it's like you jump out of the pool, you land on a rock, the point part goes right into the soft spot of your heel. You know, it's just, it's just a, uh, it's hell. Did you have anything like that growing up, Nicole, or any sort of weird, like, decorative uh, feature of your home that now looking back might be a little odd? We did have the rocks as well. Mm. We had, like, a classic, like, circle above ground pool, which for some reason Same had, with me. Yeah, I don't know, but what's the point of having the rocks around it? I, so the grass doesn't get wet? I mean... I, I think maybe the grass won't grow in that area, so you got to do something, but put like a deck there or something like just rocks are just not, they're not great, you know? Like they, they look good for the first summer, I guess, but then after that, once weather gets to them, what are you going to replace all those rocks? You're not doing that. Yeah, we, plus we had to pull weeds out of the rocks like yeah. every summer and it was just miserable. Yeah, the weeds are going out of the rock. It's not a good, and some people, I think we did this too around the pool. We laid like kind of like this black net down around the moat and then put the rocks on top of that as a way of curbing the the things. But then the the little black webbing gets all frayed and ripped and pulled off. And then that looks like shit. Eventually you're going to look like just a true white trash household. So it's not, it's not good, but I don't know. And did you, and did you have uh, how many garages did you have as a kid? One car, two car, no car. We had two, but one side was normally like filled with shit. Yes. And one was a car. Now that's, <laughs> that's the sign of, that's the sign of a person I can relate to because we had a one car garage that has never in my entire life had a car in it. It was always filled. I mean, I'm talking from ground to ceiling filled with shit, like, like a storage unit. It was just filled with shit. I set my drums up in there and my friends would like literally move piles of shit to the side. And then we would have just enough area for like a guitarist, a bassist, a singer and my drums to be. And we would film like my friends that would want to come hang out would literally, this isn't a joke, scale parts of all of the shit, like all of the boxes and everything. They would scale the boxes and lay across them like six feet in the air just to as a viewing party kind of a thing and just to hang out while we were jamming. But it was, yeah, it was, it's so crazy to me when someone has like a empty garage that's like clean and it has nothing in it except their car. It's like, where do you put all your stuff? Where do you put it? Not in the garage, then where? And also, this is strange, and people don't ever believe me when I say this. We had an attic. I've, I never went in it, but we sold the house now. We don't live there. My mom, is in, my mom and dad haven't lived there in 15 years, but I was never once my entire life in our attic because it was kind of like a, it was like a crawl space attic. Like you would have to go through the, the, one of the bedroom's closets and move a thing and, in order to get up there. And apparently, like, I don't know, one time someone told me there were squirrels up there and it freaked me out. And I just didn't want to, like, put my head up and then get like, just get like bit and attacked by them. Pretty good squirrel noise. And uh, and so I, I never went up there in my life. So I have no idea what our attic looked like. It was probably just full of asbestos and loose fiberglass or whatever. And then we also didn't have a basement, which people now are like, what are you? Of course you had a basement. You just didn't know about. It. No, we didn't have a basement. I don't know if that's like not a way to build a house without a foundation of a basement, but did you have a basement? We had like a half finished basement. So part of it had like carpet and walls and the other part was like not that. Um, so yeah, that was just like the, the layer for the GameCube. And yeah, I'm so jealous of people that had basements. It's like, bro, what I would do with a fucking basement, if I had a house, I would <laughs> basement it up, dude. You wouldn't even fuck it. People are like, I have an unfinished basement. Finish it. Go finish it. What are you waiting for? You own it. Get in there. Lay some shit down. I understand you got to be worried about like, you know, if it, if it floods or something like that and the mold smells. Throw some fucking 
cool ass shit down there. Put some pillows, put some couches, some TVs. Do all that cool shit, man. Make it a fun ass basement, dude. Basement parties, you know? That's where that's where it's at. I wish if I had a basement, I would absolutely have been one of those kids that moved into the basement at like 15 in anger. You know what I mean? I'm like, I'm going to the basement and I'm gonna do stuff down there and I'm gonna fucking just I don't know, finger girls and jerk off. I don't know. Like, what else is there to do in the basement? Any girl I ever hooked up with, we were in a basement. You know what I mean? Like, there's no, there's, a basement is a fucking, is a way to get laid. It's a sex dungeon. That's what every basement is. If you have a child, it's eventually a place. I feel like my family had a basement and then filled it. And they were like, we don't want this kid to get laid until, you know, right before college. But I got it. American Pie style. Um, So... I don't know. That was a weird thing. Did you? And so you had the, un, the half finished basement. Very strange. I've, I've heard of the unfinished. I've heard of the finished. Never heard of the half finished. And what was the other half? Just like cold cement and pipes? Um, There was tile, but that was about it. But I always thought the unfinished basements were the coolest ones. Like they just seemed so edgy. Edgy? Go ahead. I don't know. I had, to, I had one of my friends growing up when I was very <laughs> young. Absolutely what? been fingered in an unfinished basement. There's oh, no okay. way. What about it? <laughs> Why do you think they're the coolest ones? <laughs> they're just so edgy. I couldn't help but give it up. <laughs> no, one of my like girlfriends growing up, she had like a, a uh, like cool ass like hand painted Pink Floyd mural in her basement, oh. and like a Nintendo 64 and like all this cool stuff. But that's so awesome. It, it was just, it felt like, you know, it felt cooler that that's way. That's where, but that's like unfinished basement. Like you, you're still saying you got like murals, you got video games down there. Like that to me sounds finished. Like maybe it's not like it doesn't have full carpeting and stuff, but like even things like that where you're like, this is a, it seems like it doesn't exist. It's like international waters, you know? You're like, this isn't part of the house where I'm in my bedroom and I have to keep the door open and my parents are paying attention. It's like the basement's like, that's where you can like smoke pot down there. You can drink, sneak alcohol, hang out with your friends, get fingered. It's just a, it's a, it's a finger factory. That's what it is in the thing. If if you have a basement right now and you have kids, go, it's fucking, they're just blasting cherry popping daddies. Cause that's what's going on down there. You remember them from the nineties? Cherry popping daddies. I just realized what that meant. That's disgusting. I listened to that in sixth grade. Great, 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 great. Cherry popping daddies too. Daddies is a strange moniker to throw on your cherry popping, you know, uh, ventures. That's a you're a daddy, or is it like a maybe it's like the zaddy kind of a thing where it's like an older man kind of. Either way, it's got weird connotations. You know, it makes sense. What was the song? Can you look up the song Cherry Poppin' Daddy sing? I'm gonna guess it was the Jump and Jive and Then You Wail. Jump and Jive and Then You Wail Away. Remember that song? That was when Swing was popular. No, but what am I trying to find for you for this? Cherry Poppin' Daddies. What's the, what was their? They had a hit, one hit. What was their one hit? Oh, um. They had another song. So who's Jump, Jive, and Wail? Was that Brian? Spencer? Zoot Suit Riot. Zoot Suit Riot. Riot! Throw back a bottle of beer. You remember that song, Nicole? Or were you like three? Um, probably not. Oh, definitely not born. Not born? I don't think so. Oh wait, no. This was. Hmm. You never heard that song? Zoot zoot riot. No, I've heard that riot. one. I just like did not know what you were talking about for the past five minutes with uh, cherry pop and daddies. I oh, thought you, you thought meant, I was like, just getting your cherry popped things? in a basement. Yeah, like, yeah. Well, I that's... wasn't sure what was happening there. Well, I, that was the yes, that was the bridge. Um... <laughs> Okay. All right. All right. Wait, can we circle back to your band really quick? What was your band name? My band's name was Zen because we looked up synonyms for Nirvana and that was the closest one that sounded cool. <laughs> so we we were called Zen and we played uh, a lot of we played like some a lot of mostly cover songs. Any here's the problem with Zen. This is why we never really got off the ground is because anytime we had a couple of songs. We would do a lot of covers. So we played like In Bloom by Nirvana. We had a ACDC medley that we made, which was awesome. It was like a five minute mashup of all the ACDC songs. And um, the problem was we didn't have the, we would come up with riffs and drum beats to them, but we didn't have, we were missing the front man. Like we had a guy who was in my school that could sing, but. It, we didn't really have that, like, we needed the brooding, you know, 
we needed the brooding, uh, angry, I'm gonna come up with some dark lyrics thing. Well, we had, he, he was this guy, he was great. His name was Kevin. He was like a, uh, you know, uh, somewhat overweight, uh, for sure, gay man, which was very progressive of us. And uh, he was he was great. He was a friend of mine. And he could sing. He had killer pipes. He could hit like high, he could hit the ACDC high notes and stuff. So we were like, get in here. And he was very good, but he didn't really like, you know, he more was just like, tell me what to sing and I'll fucking sing it, which he could. But he wasn't much of like a, like, I wrote this song about an ex, you know, whatever it was. So he didn't really bring a lot to the table with that. But I was very impressed with our, like, the grooves my little guitarist would come up with. But then we would, like, end up, I remember so many times being in practice, being like, all right, guys, like, let's come up with something. And then my guitarist just, like, doing his own, it might as well have been if, if all of us had headphones on and we're doing our own thing. Because it was, like, hurting cats. We'd be like, guys, 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 come on, let's, let's play this thing. And then I would start laying down a beat and then they would just fucking start doing this and then it would quickly get off topic and then I would stop and the bassist would stop and the guitarist would just keep going and you're like, all right, okay, enough, enough. And it's like, man, if that was foreshadowing of what it would have been to be on the road, I think that's what like made me want to be a comedian is that it's like I always wanted to be in a band so badly and then you got to see what it's like being in a band because it's not just like, oh, so all of us showed up today with four original songs we're all going to try out and come up with together? No, it's just instead just guys being like, check this out, and then you being like, can you stop? Can you stop playing? Can you stop playing for us? I'm trying to talk to you. I'm trying to talk to you. Can you say? And they're looking at you while still playing, and you go, just stop fucking playing for a goddamn second. I'm going to break the guitar over your head. And then uh, and then eventually we just kind of, you know, we lost the that loving feeling, I guess it was. And then it became, once it became like a job, we were like, I'm fucking... I'm over it, which is such a bummer because I really think maybe not that band in particular, but I feel like I really would have loved being in a band with my friends at a young age in the, you know, your late teens, early 20s, you know, traveling in a fucking shitty, dirty van for no money across the country. Because now I do that in stand up and that's terrible because I do it alone. Like at least with at least with because that was where I went from. I went from drums. Initially, I go, I want to be a rock star. You know, every boy is like, I want to be a rock star or an athlete. And I was like, I'm never going to be an athlete. I want to be a rock star. I want to be the front man of a rock and roll group. And then I go, well, I can't sing. So I'll play drums. And drums is fun. And that's like, you can be like Animal and the Muppets. It's a very good time. Drummers get laid. Drumming is the best. So I was like, I'll just drum. So I start doing the drums. Plus all of my friends play guitar as a kid. I start playing drums. I'm like, hell yeah. Then I go to college. College, you can't bring drums. You can't bring a full drum set with you to college. You'll get killed by everybody and your roommates will go nuts. So I couldn't bring them, so I couldn't practice. So then I go, you know what? I'll teach myself bass because bass is the closest to drums in terms of like rhythm section. So I, I bought a bass. I learned like down on the corner and then pr promptly stopped playing the bass because bass sucks, all right? Every band needs a bassist and I'm grateful for you as a bassist, but the bass is the most, it's the worst standalone instrument that exists. At least with drums, you could be like, like you can entertain people with just the drum. Guitar, you don't need anything else. You can entertain people. Piano, violin, saxophone, whatever it is, you can, it's a standalone instrument. Bass is not a standalone instrument. You can't just stand there and go, hey guys, check this out. Boom. Boom, boom, boom. All right, now there's like 45 seconds until I play again to just kind of just feel like what music would be playing here. And boom, boom, diddly, boom, boom. Like it's just, it's, there's just nothing, unless you flee from Red Hot Chili Peppers, there's nothing else. It's not exciting, you know? It's not an exciting bit. So I stopped playing bass and then eventually uh, I go, I'll just, I'll just buy a guitar. So then I bought uh, that electric guitar and I started teaching myself and I taught some, myself some chords and some... Uh, and all that stuff, and then I bought an acoustic because I like that, and I started learning more chords and playing more songs and gaining some confidence, and then I had to try and bar chord, and I didn't have the finger strength, and I somewhat gave up. So I, so I, and I, I didn't give up on guitar. I have hit a wall in, in my learning in guitar, and I need guitar lessons is what I need. I, I, I just need to take guitar lessons, and I'll be good. But I'll be honest with you, as good as guitar feels... I never have the confidence that I do in drums. Like, and I haven't played drums now in a few years. I mean, probably 
four years since I played drums, and I miss it. I miss drums all the time. I fucking love playing drums. I love listening to music with great drums. I'm always air drumming. And eventually, this isn't a joke, but it does tie it all together. My goal is to eventually get a house with a fucking finished-ass basement and then have my drum set down there, have the guitars down there, put the fucking this computer down there and do all that shit and just have a full-blown, not like a studio, but just like a place where you can jam. Because it's like, even if I had a drum set right now, I can't play that in Queens in an apartment building with neighbors and paper-thin walls. Like, you can't just, you can't play drums. Unless you have those electric drum kits, but the electric doesn't hit the say It doesn't give you the tactile feedback you want, and it... Drums sound different no matter where on the object, on the drum you hit. So, But on electric, it just all sounds the same. And they're like $1,400 and they're huge. It's, just, I don't know, it's not, the electric drum's not for me. But your boyfriend has electric drums, doesn't he? I think, I mean, I don't know the difference between any of them. He has regular ones, but they do have a show in a couple weeks, Shameless Plug. If you want to come hijack the drums, I'm sure they would be thrilled. Do they, is that what they, is that, are they missing? Is this like the movie The Rocker with, uh, with Dwight Schrute from Rain Wilson from The Office where they just, they need somebody and he fills in with their teenagers and then he becomes part of the band and realizing going through a midlife crisis, he should become the rocker he always wanted to be. And then he takes it too seriously. And the kids are like, we're just trying to have fun. And then he eventually torpedoes the band because of his ego. But then in the end, he realizes, you know what? Um, you know, you kids are doing it. And I had my shot and I missed it, which is also the same exact plot of School of Rock. Is that what's happening? I mean, somewhat. But I can also relay that, I mean, most drummers would say their inspiration is probably like Travis Barker or Dave Grohl. And I can tell them that your inspiration was Animal from the Muppets, yeah, which I think animal. will like hold a lot of weight. Dave Grohl was huge because Dave Grohl would beat, like he literally would just break so many drums and drumsticks because he didn't know how to play. He just played angry, which is what I loved. You get so much aggression out and you're sweating and just beating the shit out of the drums. Travis Barker, one of the most talented drummers in the last 30 years. However, I could never play even even at my best, wasn't even a quarter of the drummer he is. I mean, he is just, I'm not good with the fast, like, punk music and stuff like that. I did a lot of, like, double bass and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, it just was, uh, it wasn't meant to be. I was meant to fucking talk in, an, in a room with one other person into a <laughs> camera for YouTube. That was my goal. Maybe I'll do a drumming podcast where I just do, I just lay down a beat while I talk the whole time. That'd be pretty cool. I don't know. Can't do it. But I miss those drums. Here's another thing. Um, speaking of childhood stuff that's interesting to me. My mom recently was like going through, you know, cleaning her house and stuff. And she goes, are you ever going to? She was threatening. Not threatening. I think she did throw out my yearbooks. And she goes, are you ever going to read these things? She said that about yearbooks where it's like. Like it's a Hemingway, you know, where you're like, oh yeah, I can't wait to go reread that gripping novel again. The, the whole point of yearbooks is to look at once every 20 years. That's the whole point of getting a yearbook is you buy it, you put it on the shelf, you go back in 20 years, you go, oh, oh, look at this, look at this person, this pimple-faced loser, and then you close it, and then that's all it is. And that's what yearbooks are. There's no, if you're looking at a yearbook more than once every 20 years, you're, you live with so many cats. You know what I mean? Like you live alone and there's so many cats and they're going to eat you when you die alone um, because it's too much. And I don't know what it is, my mom, but just the way that she was like, are you ever going to read these made me laugh so hard thinking about like, I picture someone reading a yearbook from cover to cover, you know, just from the freshman class all the way until the last blank pages that were, all of my friends wrote things that have not aged well, you know, in terms of society. I mean, half of those, half of the things my friends wrote in my yearbook, I couldn't say out loud if I, if I was in a echoless chamber, you know? So I don't know. Do you still have your yearbooks? I do. And this is something I think about so much because I like have a visceral memory of writing a humiliating letter in my high school boyfriend's yearbook. And if he has seen it, 
anytime within the past like 10 years and makes me want to like pass on. Do you remember some of the specifics of what you said? Oh yeah, about like us spending our life together and like <laughs> our family and all that stuff. Let you me know? ask you, I have so many questions now. So where in the yearbook did you go like, because you have, usually in the yearbooks they have front blank pages, bank blank, black blank, back blank pages, black blank pages. And now those, are the front blank pages were prime real estate, you know? And then there was always some asshole who did the diagonal signing where they just took up more and more. They started in the top left corner and then by the time they were done, they took up half the page. I assume you did something like that because you want to kind of brand your your man. It's like, this is he's my guy. Oh yeah, absolutely. It, it was probably like the inside cover for like a page to two pages. Two pages? It was insanity. This was also clarification, the same person that punched me in the face, or excuse me, that I punched in the face. <laughs> How long after you wrote that did you punch him in the face? Um, let me think. It had to be, oh my God, six months. Six <laughs> like, months. Like it was not that long because that was like senior year. And then that incident happened like the first New Year's of freshman year of college. That's the best. That's the best. And did you, uh, did you go to any, did you go in his yearbook to any of like, the women in your class that you might have felt threatened with and like, but like, you know, like the devil teeth and horns on them or like give them dumb glasses or graffiti on their face. I did with the boyfriend before that with him. I like, wasn't that concerned, but the one before I was like, you know, drawing on all the thoughts. That's always such a fun thing that children do. They graffiti on like the hot girl in your grades thing as if to be like, there you go. Now you'll never be able to see her as anything, but this witch with glasses and weird teeth. And you're like, oh, <laughs> I guess, I guess, you know? Um, it always it was funny though, because I used to remember people getting so upset. It was such a big deal of like, will you sign my yearbook? When will you sign it? Where will you sign it? And like being upset at certain friends for being like, where did you, you didn't save me a front page? You got me back page? Like, are we even friends? Like how many people did write in this year, but they just go like, Everyone writes K-I-T, you know, like, keep in touch. I'll talk to you over the summer. And then people write down their phone numbers and stuff. Man, I wish I still had that. I want to go through my old yearbooks now. That would be great. That's so funny. I've never heard K-I-T because ours was hags. Have a great summer. Ah. But it's like the same shit. Yeah, K-I-T, hags, I-L-U, you know, all that kind of stuff. Everyone, I love that I love you. People go I-L-U. But it's like, it should be I-L-Y, right? Yes, I've never seen an ILU, to be right. honest, TBH, so. Oh, look at us, little little acronym gang here, huh? Well, that's all I got, so <laughs> let's, uh, let's get into, you brought some news stories with you? Yeah, I did. Um, let's see, I really just want to start with this one. So that headline, and let me know if you've seen this already, but this sixth grader gave a classmate the Heimlich and saved a woman from a fire in one day. How old? Sixth grade, 11 years old. What? I did not hear anything about this. Um, yes. An 11-year-old boy from Oklahoma is being honored for his heroism after he saved a choking classmate and rescued a woman from a house fire in one day. Now, what? 11 years old, Oklahoma. Okay, so first thing that comes to my mind, which is maybe a little cynical, the kid started the fire. You know what I mean? Like, I think the kid... Probably the Heimlich was real. You know, maybe his dad's like a paramedic or something, taught him the Heimlich. Maybe his dad's a lifeguard. I don't know. And he taught him the Heimlich. He got to use it, saved his, saved a person, got all that praise, got all that, like, you're a good person, and then got addicted to that feeling and was like, I'm going to save a motherfucker from a goddamn house fire right now. And by the way, and then threw down the goddamn house fire thing, which I feel like is a pretty... You know, there was a kid in my grade that, um, or I should say a kid on my block I grew up with that, I was just talking about this to Erica a couple of days ago, um, and I had to text my friend, because you ever have those memories where you're like, you ever, like there was some kids on my block that went to different schools than me, and you just didn't know much about them, but you just knew, like they were like, you know, they were like troubled, you know what I mean? Like there was like a troubled kid, like there was this kid named Bo, I don't know anything about him. I don't know his last name. I don't know when he moved. I don't know anything. But he was like a problem child on our block. And I remember he was always like a bad kid. Like people would always say, but 
the more that you get older, you're like, he wasn't a bad kid. Like the kid just came from a broken home. You know, like that's that's the thing. It's like, are there such thing as evil people, Nicole? Because I'm feeling like the more, I, as I get older, the more I'm realizing like every evil person is just like a broken person. Like it's it's like, I'm less, there's like a roadmap for everyone and why they turned out the way they did. Like I get more sad than angry at like evil people as I get older because this kid Bo, right? I remember being so young and I was at a birthday party like across the street from his house. And I was at my buddy Jacob's birthday party and like we like heard sirens and everything. And then we went outside and this kid's house was on fire. This kid Bo's house was on fire. And he was just sitting on the curb. I'll never forget that. I could see this so clearly. This kid was sitting on the curb by himself, just hands, you know, face on his hands, hands on his knees, middle of summer, just like despondent and like looking, had his back to the house fire. Like had his back to it, like not a worry. And so a part of me, I remember even then being like, why is this kid alone? Like, where is this kid's family? Like, I don't know, maybe the, the fire department had taken and were questioning the parents somewhere else or whatever, and this kid was just alone. But I'm like, imagine not looking at your house burning down. Like, this kid was just, it, it struck me as so sad at the time, but people, and then they were like, Bo burned his house down. Bo's a fucking crazy guy and burned his house down. So I had this memory and I texted my buddy Matt because he also grew up on the block. And I go, do you remember... I'm going to actually pull up the text. I go, do you remember that kid, Bo? And like, you know, and he goes, yeah, I remember Bo. And I go, now this kid had, you know, I, I told him the whole story that I just told you guys. And I go, did he start the fire? Or is that just some, some memory that I had that wasn't real or whatever the fuck? And he, this is what he writes back. Um, he goes, funny enough, we were, we, he said, we, we were starting fires in his house prior to that. So basically, in a way, we did start the fire as we were a group of pyros for all intents and purposes, even though I only lived there on weekends at the time. So it turns out uh, the Bo did burn his house down. The Bo was a fucking lunatic. He burned his house down. But also, I asked him about Bo's family. I was like, what, what was the deal with this, this kid? Was he like a bad kid or did he just come from a broken home? And he told me, he was like, he came from a broken home. His house was like in terrible condition. His parents weren't around. And you're like, I don't even know how that's possible. Like how that, like, of course the kid's going to get bored and start fires. I have, everybody started fires as a kid. Like I had a fire phase. Did you have a fire phase, Nicole? I didn't really, but I do have to ask. So you're watching this happen, like from a birthday party of other children. Like mm -hmm. he's across the street with his house burning down, like looking really sad outside. Yeah. And I would peg us in elementary school. We were definitely in elementary school at the time. Um, and I wasn't like. I didn't really know who Bo was. And I also remember, I feel like the kid was double sad because he wasn't invited to the kid's birthday across the street and everyone's like having a good time. And meanwhile, this kid's alone starting fires and his house is burning down. And so, you know, that's kind of like the the vibe that was uh, Bo. And I don't know what happened to him. I wish I knew his last name and could look him up. If anyone knows House Burning Bo, just let me know if he turned out okay or if he's in a cell somewhere. I, I mean, I hope, I hope he's okay. I mean, again, the, the takeaway of this was very sad. It wasn't like, oh, he's like a lunatic, the Joker. It's like this kid, even at his, in elementary school, I'm like, oh, that poor kid. Like even then I knew, I was like, this is, there's pity, you know? Like there's something going on here. So, you know. Uh, so I don't know all of that said leave a five star review if you haven't please do it that'd be nice you know spread this message of, of hope let's get this episode to bow can we <laughs> I will not rest until this podcast reaches bow wherever he is in the world right now he might have been one of those people that started those L.A. fires that lasted for eight months. I don't know. I mean, if he did, that's kind of like a crowning achievement. Good for him. But um, yeah, uh, leave a comment. Go to youtube.com slash Mike Feeney County. That's where all these videos premiere every single week. We got great graphics. Nicole's cooking up every single week. So check those out. We go to the, you know, we could just record this audio and not put out video, but we put out video for you guys. So make the best of it. While you're driving to work, listen to the podcast. When you go home, you're chilling, you're cleaning, put it on. Put it on YouTube. Do that kind of a thing. 
Watch my special Rage Against the Routine. Listen to Here's the Scenario, my other podcast with Mike Cannon and Brendan Sagalow. Very funny podcast. Comes out every single Wednesday, anywhere you get your podcast. You can also go to patreon.com slash scenario pod, where we give you two bonus episodes of the podcast a week, plus a bonus snarky every single week that I just go off rant topics based off of what uh, you as a Patreon member uh, say or suggest. So it's a great time. Have fun. Get up there. You can get on there as little as $5 a month. Twitch.tv slash NYFreshMaker. If you don't love video games and you like me, I think you'll still have a good time. There's plenty of people who hang out in the chat who are not gamers, but they just appreciate the hang. And that's what it is. It's me and a bunch of other comics. Anyone from Shuli Edgar, Brennan Sagalow, uh, Louis J. Gomez, Tim Butterly, Ian Fidance. We all hang out. I play with all of them at various points. We play video games together. We talk shit. We have fun. We get silly. People are stoned. We're having a good time. So just get on that, twitch.tv slash NYFreshMaker. It's free to follow if you want to hang out, be a little voyeur, and, um, and come party. It's a nice little fun community we're building on there. And you should absolutely make sure you follow Nicole, who is our producer extraordinaire, and you can find her at... Nicole C. Lyons on Instagram. Mm -hmm. This cocktail is absolutely getting added to the rotation. It's delicious, Nicole. It's really good. It's very good. Um, Outside of that, I don't think I have... uh, I'm going to be at Uncle Vinny's. uh, Let me see when this is. I might already have been at Uncle Vinny's by the time... Uh, regardless, just check my website, uh, MikeFeeneyComedy.com. That's where I'll be have all my tour dates. I'm trying to get to a bunch of new cities and states this year. So if you have cities that you want me to come to, if you have um, you know, uh, places that you're like, I want to see you come perform at my comedy club, I got some pals that we can all come out, hit me up, message me, Instagram, Twitter, whatever. Let me know. And uh, also, you know, hit up that club. If you go to that club regularly, when you go there, they always leave comment cards. They always go like that. Be like, hey, we love this guy, Mike Feeney. Just do like that. That Even that, even if it does, if there's one of you that does it, that plants a little seed. So that way when I reach out to them, boom, they're like, oh yeah, I remember that name. People have asked about him. And there you go. And then I'm there. And then we're all having a good time. And if you want to submit, I forgot to do this the last at least three episodes. Go to snarkypodcast at gmail.com. Send an email of topics. You want me to talk about rant? Because again, sometimes... We don't have enough to get through an episode, so we just have to talk about driveways and burning down Bo, and so, <laughs> so that's it. So you know, send send your topics, things that you think, uh, things that annoy you, everyday things you think will annoy me, vice versa, some crazy stories. Send them all. Snarkypodcast at gmail Now let's get back to the show. And uh, Nicole, you got some more. So wait, so let's get back into this Oklahoma kid. So I'm sorry, I went on a real a real sad tirade there about Bo, but. The 11-year-old Oklahoma kid. Now, what's that kid? Is he being rewarded of some with some kind? Does he have a social media that already has a million followers? What's his deal? I'm so glad you asked because this is probably like one of the funnier parts of this article to me. It says that he was named an honorary member of both the sheriff's office and the police force at the ripe age of 11. I love that. Yeah, he's like a, he's like a little, little deputy. You know, he's just got a little badge with the teddy bears on it and stuff like that. He's a good for him. I mean, that guy is going to be in civil service at some point, you know, whether it's like a police or an officer of the courts, he's going to do something for the people. You can't do something that good at 11, get so much praise and then be like, now I'm going to be a criminal. Like that doesn't happen. Like he's already got the dopamine rush of being a good guy. I mean, I want to know who taught a kid the Heimlich maneuver. That's what I want to know. He said he learned it on YouTube. But the the second funniest part about this is that they're calling the Heimlich maneuver an abdominal thrust, which I didn't know is. Oh what fuck! That did is. did did Tom Heimlich rape somebody or something, and it came out, <laughs> and now we have to. He got canceled. Did we cancel Heimlich? Is that what happened? Oh no! Is Heimlich a Nazi sympathizer or something like that? Did he fucking? Oh no! An abdominal thrust. That sounds like uh, that sounds like a sexual assault that that would cancel Tom Heimlich. That seems like that would be the thing. Tom Heimlich no longer named the Heimlich maneuver after abdominally thrusting onto a woman against her will after slipping a Spanish fly in her drink, you know? Yeah, there are a lot of big questions in this. So the person that he saved with the Heimlich maneuver is a fellow student who was trying to open his water bottle with his teeth. And choked on the cap of the water bottle. See, now, 
a little upset, <laughs> little upset here, cause gotta let that kid die. You know, like listen, I understand if that's your kid for sure. You're like, there's hope he can get smarter. <laughs> he ain't gonna get smarter. Kids dumb. Kids opening water bottles with his teeth, like Brendan Sagalo. So he's just not a guy who should, you know. Brendan has evaded death in a way in which no one understands. He's like a magician. He's like Mr. Magoo. You know how he, Mr. Magoo walks off a high rise that's still under construction, falls 26 stories and gets looped back in and then like lands on a trampoline into a pillow factory or something like that. That's Brendan's life. He somehow skirted the odds of death. But this kid at 11 who needs the Heimlich on him because he's, also, it's like, sure, you open it with your teeth, which is already like dumb, dumb, but you open it with your teeth, and then what? You tried to swallow it? Like, why is it in your throat that it needed to, why was it lodged so far back? The only way to lodge it is to attempt to swallow, okay? And I understand I'm going pretty hard on an 11-year-old kid right now, but... I never choked on a water. The only time I ever came close to death with choking was I got a slice of pizza with my aunt. She brought me to this pizzeria. It was super hot. And they go, don't eat it yet. And I was like, I know better than you. And I took a huge bite of the pizza and the cheese, the giant form of cheese went down my throat and got lodged in there and I was choking in the thing and then my my aunt had to like lunge over the table and then I eventually, you know, spit it up. But that was a food base. That was meant to be swallowed originally. It just was too much of it because it was too hot. But this person is just swallowing bottle caps. I mean, again, we gotta, I talked about Darwinism recently. We gotta let the dumb die, you know? I mean, it, it sounds cold. I understand we need dumb people because, you know, who else would fucking clean up dog shit or whatever? I don't know, not dog shit. I was trying to think of a job off the top of my head that was low enough for dumb people to do, but not insulting to a certain worker, you know what I mean? Like, Nicole, what's a job that you're like, this is meant for dumb people? Hmm. Right? Hard to do while you're talking, you know? So I'm trying to think, what's a job that only dumb people should do? I'm not talking low education people. I'm not talking about the unfortunate. I'm talking about dumb people. What's a job for the dumb? Now, here's a good job that not always dumb people, very, I don't, I don't think dumb people do it. And that's not everybody who does this is dumb, but it's a good job for dumb people is being a garbage man. Because being a garbage man, you make crazy money. Like I know garbage men who make more money than some accountants that I know. Because they're union, they get, they get paid crazy money. And all you have to do is like, pick up, put in thing. Pick up, put in thing, smash thing. Pick up, put in thing. That's it. I mean, it's a pretty simple, if you're dumb, that's a pretty simple job. You know, and again, I'm not saying all garbage men are dumb. I'm saying a dumb garbage man could succeed just as well, you know, <laughs> in terms of that. Nicole, please confirm that. Yeah, sure. The, uh, the only other thing I could think of would be maybe starting a podcast. It's the only other job for dumb people. <sighs> the folded arms is so funny. <laughs> What's next, Nicole? Um, I choked on pasta in college. Uh -huh. and this is probably pasta. Now I gotta know what type of pasta. I don't cavatappi or some shit. I don't know. Cavatil? Nope. Cavatappi. Cavatappi? Like the curly one. The they're like this big and like spiral. Anyways, this is just gonna show you how passive I truly am because I didn't tell anyone I was choking and I just silently stood up and went to the bathroom for 45 minutes until I like regurgitated the pasta. All right. No one checked on me also, which is Thanks. just a sad note. <laughs> Thank God. Well, they didn't check on you because it was an Olive Garden and you were alone and it was your birthday. So now you're alone at Olive Garden on your birthday choking on pasta. You go to the bathroom. Now- uh, how al dente was this pasta? Because pasta, 
you don't even need teeth to eat pasta for the most part. So how did it get lodged? You got a a, a a swirly spiral. I don't think the name of what you said. I've never heard of the name of the pasta you said, by the way. Cava Toppy. Cava Toppy? T-O-A-P-Y? T-A-P-P-I. T-A-P-P-I. All right. Well, we're going to get to the bottom of this right fucking now. It is absolutely a pasta. Um, <laughs> but Cava Toppy. But this looks like, the, yeah, like a, like an artisanal macaroni and cheese would be this way. Um, how old were you? Um, I was in college, so probably like 20 or something. How do you, how do you choke? How did you choke on it? Like how, it was, so obviously it was a little al dente or something that caught you off guard. How many people were you with? My entire lacrosse team. No one said anything. I never knew you played lacrosse. Yeah, you did. You knew that. I guess I did. I totally knew that. Um, uh, so you played <laughs> lacrosse. For sure. Uh, we it wasn't all some that. herb in college. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Boy, if you watched last episode, this episode really pays off. These episodes pay off in twos. <laughs> it's a series. Yeah, they definitely don't pay off a standalone. But what is a series, they are fucking the, the linear progression of the story. Um, now, you choked on it with your entire lacrosse team. And then you, you walk to the bed 45 minutes, which is interesting because you and my dad have something in common. My dad has prone to choked uh has been prone to choking on food specifically um meats that are overcooked so like for instance this happened when i was a child we went to him and i were him and i were on vacation we were in uh we were in arizona i think maybe scottsdale arizona or something like that i don't remember why we were there i don't remember why my mom wasn't there it was definitely like pre-divorce but like it was on. It was in the cards. The divorce was coming, and so my dad and I were in Arizona. We went to this rawhide steakhouse place or whatever. I remember this big Texas-looking thing in Arizona, and we got all this food. My dad got a steak. My dad took one bite of it. It was too dry, and it got caught like in this weird spot where not like obstructed breathing, but it feels like something stuck in your throat, kind of like in your epi uh, uh, epi. What is it? Epiglottal? <laughs> What's the word? Glottis. Epiglottis? All right. Mm, maybe. Sure. Dermis? No, epidermis is your skin. But uh, yeah, let's say in your esophagus somewhere, you know, whatever the hell. So he was like, he would have to like go to the bathroom and like try and like essentially spit and wait for it to like come out and you know, and then I think after like 40 minutes, and meanwhile, I'm like a child at a table by myself and like the server keeps coming over being like, how you doing? How's everything going? Like I finished my meal long ago. I'm like, I don't know. My dad's in the bathroom, I guess. I don't know. And then they're like, is he okay? I go, I don't know. I'll go check on him. What am I supposed to do? I'm a fucking kid, you know? And then uh, we had to drive back to the hotel. My dad was still kind of like feeling it, like choking on it a little bit. And my, I was too young to drive. So my dad was like driving in the dark in Arizona while choking while being like like dry heaving out the window every few minutes and I'm like are you good he's like yeah whatever you know like that kind of a thing real tough real tough mick that Irishman you know so that's happened a few times so you're choking now on pasta which again can't even fathom that because the longer the pasta stays the more saliva hits it the more it breaks down I, I don't know did it scratch your throat and maybe that was what was happening? What what was going on with the pasta? I don't know. I must have just been like inhaling it and it was just building up. And I also just remembered an even more like passive thing that I did was I was in the bathroom like panicking and not telling anyone. I was like, what do I do? Like, do I try and give myself the Heimlich by like sprinting into a toilet? Like, what do I do? So I was just pulling an trig. abdominal thrust, if yes, you will, an abdominal thrust, like to myself. So I was just like pulling trig. But then when other people would come to the bathroom, since this was like the public dining hall, I would uh -huh. just stop and then sit there and choke in silence and pretend that I was just like going to the bathroom. Yeah, just red face. You're like, I'd rather them think I have IBS than that I'm dying. That's a fun thing to be like, sorry, guys, it's a tough thing. Now, did you ever, like, how did it eventually come unlodged? I don't even remember. I was just doing everything I could possibly do, like pulling trig, drinking out of the sink, like everything. And it took a long ass time, but eventually it just like passed. And sadly, this has happened more than one time. Maybe you have the same thing that my dad has because it got like, it was, it was a long time in the bathroom. And then they, what they wanted to do for him is they were like, I swear to God, this was like a, a absolute medical thing that they advised to him. 
was to es- essentially drop like what looked like a little medical sword down his throat with balloons and they would like inflate the balloons and find the problem area. Like it was like this ridiculously primitive, like just become a sword swallower. We'll figure it out and we'll get to the bottom of why you're having all these issues. And he was like, I'm good. And so as long as his steak doesn't come out medium well or more, he's a good time. But sometimes he'll catch one and then it's, and then it's a bad time. But that's pretty crazy. When's the most recent time it's happened to you? Um, hmm, not in a while, but I'm too paranoid to ever eat without any type of drink because I'm scared it'll happen. Yeah, well, there you go. Look at that. Good thing I gave you soup earlier and not some sort of dry chicken or something like that. We wouldn't have a we wouldn't have an episode. Today. I only eat liquids. That's it. Ah, all right. Do you have any more uh, uh, stories? I have two. Oh, perfect. Um, you can choose between oh. scorpions or giant rats. Um, let's get into the scorpions because I just realized I have a giant thing about Verizon that I need to fucking get into immediately. You know what? Fuck the scorpions. We're talking about Verizon. I'm in a fucking war. I forgot about this two episodes ago. I'm in a war. I'm in a war with Verizon and I need everybody to sound off and help me on this. This is fucking crazy. So Erica and I have at the time iPhone 11 and iPhone 11 Pro. We're living a life. We're happy. We're happy as little clams, you know? We're little Cape Cod clams. We're happy people. And the Verizon reaches out to like, you can get the iPhone 13 and the iPhone 13 Pro, and we'll give you $1,000 for your two phones to trade them back in. And if you look at the math on that, the cost of these new phones are cheaper than they were at the time they made the iPhone 11 and 11 Pro. So you will actually, Erica will pay nothing to to get a brand new phone. I will pay like $3 a month. So our bill will go down about $80 a month to get brand new phones. So we're like, oh, well, obviously, of course. So we they were like, this is a promotion that's only available right now for Verizon. So we had one month left on our contract. So first, we had to pay off the rest of our phone, which was like whatever it was, an extra like, you know, 40 bucks a person or whatever the hell. Then we go to the Verizon store. We're like, we're, we're ready to upgrade. And they go, oh, no, 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 no. The Verizon store is not the same upgrade as the Verizon online. So the guy is like, I wouldn't upgrade here if I were you. We don't have the same deals. We won't give you up to $1,000. You should do that deal online. The guy literally talked me out of a sale in the store to go do it online. So I go, okay, I call them on the phone. They set me up. New iPhone 13. New iPhone 13 Pro. Then they go, while we got you here, you can get a new iPad. And I go, our iPad is like 10 years old. It's cracked. It's so slow. The battery sucks on it. We could potentially use a new iPad. And they go, we can get you a $450 iPad for $200 now because you're buying all this other shit. And I go, sign me up, Johnny. So we get a new iPad as well. We get the new phones. We set them up. They give us the boxes to return the phones in with the shipping labels. I go, can we drop these off to a Verizon, which is three blocks from me? Nope. Have to mail them back. Okay. Wipe the phones, put the thing on them, put the little box, put the shipping label. Erica takes them, drops them off at UPS. They go, it's going to take one to two billing cycles to reflect the $1,000 credit. Fine. January comes, and I'm noticing our bill is like, $365 a month or something crazy that I'm like, what? Like it should be, it should be so cheap. So I'm freaking out. I go, why the fuck is our bill this bad? I call Verizon. It takes over an hour to get anybody on the phone. So first off, eh, and then I'm waiting for Verizon. I go, what the fuck's going on? Why is our bill so high? This is crazy. You got to fix this. You got to credit us. We sent the phones back in October. It's January. What's happening? And they go, um, Oh, yeah, we sent an email and uh, saying that we never got the phones, which, by the way, the email they sent it to was not the email associated with our account. It was an email. It was like a spam email account that Erica had in like high school that hasn't been active in so long. It was a Yahoo account. It hadn't been active in so long that when she logged in after they said that, she had no emails because Yahoo wiped everything, thinking that this isn't even an active uh, email account anymore. 
So there's no trace that they ever emailed us. So they go, we never got the phones. And I go, well, I don't know what to tell you. We sent them in. And they go, do you have any proof you sent them in? And I go, we don't have the receipt from three months later. Obviously, I mean, who has the receipt? Then I'm realizing Erica's like, I saved the tracking numbers that Verizon sent us. I saved them from the, from the shipping label that came with the packages. So I go, we're fucking saved. Bingo, bango, bongo. And I go and I tell them they're reading the shipping label and they go, those mean nothing. And I go, what do you mean? They go, those shipping labels have never been scanned. They never got scanned at the UPS store. So you have to figure it out with UPS. So I go, okay. So we go to the UPS store the next day and I go, hey, where's my package? This whole thing. We mailed the package back in October. Remember us? And uh, can we please have the thing? And they go, we don't have anything here. And I go, well, now this is a problem because I'm going to need to take there's like six security tapes. I'm like, I'm going to need to get security tapes from October sometime in the second week of October because who remembers the exact fucking day. I'm going to need to go through the security tapes because otherwise I'm going to get law enforcement involved because we're talking about a larceny here because this is a, a petty larceny because this is a fucking thousand dollars a phone. It's a thing that you're talking about. I need just proof that Erica physically dropped them off and then that's it. And then UPS can reimburse us. And they go, oh, no, sorry. No, that's not involved, police. He goes, I will like, Sign an affidavit. I will say, I will notarize a thing saying that we, you know, you dropped off the thing because sometimes when we're busy, we put packages to the side. We don't scan them right away. And then at the end of the day, sometimes things go out without getting scanned and they get lost. And that's just how it happens. It's COVID, blah, blah, blah. It's COVID. My wife's dead, all this other shit, you know? So I go, okay, great. So I go back to Verizon. I talk to Verizon. They're like, we're going to figure this out because the same situation happened to my mom but she did have an email saying that it was shipped. So they were like, we credited your mom. We're going to figure yours out too. And she's like, let's get to the bottom of this. And I go, and she goes, oh, there's, there's no scanning. There's no signatures. There's no nothing. And I go, yeah, but we dropped it off. And she goes, yeah, but we don't know that. And I go, well, I have the UPS store guy who is willing to tell me that he did it. So like, I have the UPS guy. So can you just, you know, I've been a Verizon customer since I was in high school. Like, it's been like, you know, 15, 20 years at this point. And I'm like, it's been 15 years. Not that long. I'm not that old. It's been like 12 to 15 years. So I was like, I, I've, uh, I've been a Verizon customer this long. Obviously, I'm not stealing phones from you. Also, you can go and look at my iPhone 11 trying to find my iPhone. I don't have it anymore. You can't trace it to my house. So, like, obviously, I, I don't have it. And they go, there's nothing we can do. It's over. You just have to pay this money. So I'm fucked, I guess, is what the situation is. So now my bill is just going to be $300 plus a month. So I signed up. I only got a new phone because they insisted that I could do it and it would save me $80 a month. But they wouldn't let me do it in person. So I had to mail it to them, which now it got lost in the mail. And now I'm super fucked. And they're like, well, you can go to UPS and file a claim but there's no claim that it was ever scanned because there's no other receipt because it was never shipped. So there's no proof outside of those goddamn cameras and they're not going to give me the cameras and they're going to tell me the cameras are already expired. So I don't know what the fuck. If anybody knows what I can do, I'm fucked. I mean, I think the only thing I can do is I'm going to, I'm starting to like shop around. I'm going to T-Mobile and be like, what can, will you buy me out of my contract and give me $1,000? Because I told, Verizon told me, even if you get the money from UPS, we will not honor your deal. Oh, and here's the other thing. In the iPad, instead of it being $250, they're charging me $450 for it because the, the, because the coupon is no longer honored because I didn't mail the phones back. So we're totally fucked. So fuck you, Verizon. And uh, if someone knows how I could fix this situation, uh, please help because right now I'm just paying an exorbitant amount of money for two cell phones and an iPad, which I don't know what to do. And I'm pissed because I don't, Secretly, I don't want to leave Verizon. You know, I've been on Verizon forever. They're good. They're good to me. It's, it's good to have build trust. But at this point, it's like, you can't give me the benefit of the doubt this one time during COVID that everything my wife said, for God's sakes. I mean, you can't even help me out here. It's, it's just, it's brutal. Nicole, I haven't told you any of this. Isn't this a fuck show?
yeah, this is horrible. And now I have raging anxiety because I'm supposed to take my router from Verizon to UPS tomorrow. And now I don't know if I want to do that. Here's what you do. You get, you not only get the receipt and hold on to the receipt because that's something that Erica didn't do because they were so busy scanning things and putting them aside. They were like, okay, we got it. Thank you. And she didn't think to do that, uh, which of course now forever she's scarred by that and she feels terrible about it. So grab the receipt and also if I were you I would film you dropping it off and putting it in their hands and them going like goodbye this is UPS we have our package now and walking away because they will fuck you and it's like I, I all I'm all you asked me to do was drop it off at the UPS store and that's what we did and now I'm responsible for the, that it got lost in the warehouse some asshole either at the UPS store or somewhere along the way sold the two packages probably sold the phones made a thousand dollars each and now I'm paying 300 goddamn dollars a month for it instead of saving money which is the whole reason I wanted to do it anyway my phones were fine I didn't need new phones I was totally fine with the phone it was only because of them and then they wouldn't let me drop it off in the goddamn store I'm pissed I'm pissed I'm pissed Curious. Help me someone figure out what the fuck to do with my Verizon. If anybody knows anybody at UPS that can hire, like open up a claim or some sort of a thing, even though the claim can't really be opened because that was never scanned in. So the tracking number doesn't mean anything anymore. And also the UPS guy that said he was going to help me out took the tracking number. So he took the only evidence that I have, but I guess it doesn't matter because those things didn't sign into anything anyway. So I'm just super fucked. I'm pissed about it. I hate Verizon. I hate everybody. But I got a new phone and the phone's pretty cool. And I'm paying an exorbitant amount of money for it. And that's the goddamn show, everybody. All right? I Listen, sometimes it leaves with cliffhangers and that's what we're up to. This has been uh, a wild, loose, drunk cast from, uh, you know, from, from the jump. And thank you all for watching. Thanks for being here. We're going to figure out the Verizon saga as I'll update you as it continues. And until next week, tell a friend. Bye.